In Hebrews chapter 10, you'll see this uh, starting in the 19th verse. It, it, the, the, the writer of Hebrews, he says this, therefore. Now, I'm real big on the word therefore. I find this, that almost without exception, when the word therefore appears in Scripture, there's usually something pretty, pretty powerful that, that follows. And here's what the writer of Hebrews says. He says this, therefore, brothers, some translations say brothers, some translations say brothers and sisters. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way made available to us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. So he says, since we have this, right? Since, since we have this confidence that we can enter the most holy place. And then it goes on and it tells us in five different places it says, let us. Let us, let us, let us, let us, let us. This morning what I want to do is I want to finish this series that we've been doing on hope called Anchored. Right? The writer to Hebrews tells us we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. I want to talk about, we've talked about God's plan of hope. We've talked about the power of hope. We've talked about uh, uh, how God works hope in us. Well, this morning, what I want to do as we close out this series, I want to talk about the payoff of hope, right? We've identified hope. We've talked about what it is. I want to talk to you about the why. The why we should live this life of hope, right? Walk with this living hope. And, and I believe this. I believe that the, the writer to Hebrews gives us great explanation of that in Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 25. And here's what you're going to see. It's that in Jesus Christ, we have all access. You know, there's, a, uh, there's an event you can do at Disney, and it's called the Keys to the Kingdom Tour. That's an interesting concept, right? The Keys to the Kingdom Tour. Jesus told Peter, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. He made this statement, I give you the authority. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, the things that you've seen me do, you will do these things. Right? So praying for people and they're healed, you'll do that. Miracles, signs and wonders, you will do those things. These things you will do, and in fact, you will do even greater things. Because I go to the Father to intercede for you. He says, I've given you the keys. I've, I've given you authority. Right? There's something wonderful that happens when you're given the keys. When you're given that issue of, of authority. When you have all access. Have you ever been somewhere and you thought, man, I wish I had access to that. I, I, watched, this, I watched this play out firsthand uh, yesterday uh, when I was, uh, my family and I, we went to, to visit my mother-in-law in Des Moines, Iowa, and we were traveling home yesterday, uh, and we were in the line. We were fortunate this doesn't always happen, but it did happen uh, for us uh, uh, yesterday. All of my family got TSA pre-checked. So for those of you that, that have flown recently, you know uh, the wonder that is TSA pre-check, right? We've reached the point in the world that we live in because of this issue of security that when you're, when you're traveling, you have to take your shoes off, right? You have to take off your belt. You have to take off your coat. You have to take off, you've got, if you're carrying a computer, you got to pull it out of your bag and you've got to run everything through security, right? 
Uh, and um, if you go through the metal detector and the metal detector goes off, you've got to go through this full wave body scanner, right? Where you stand like this and everybody's looking at you and you feel kind of foolish, you know, as the thing goes around. Uh, and, then, uh, then, and then hopefully they don't, have to, they don't have to pat you down. I will tell you something odd about me. For some reason, I always, on the wave scanner, when I have to do that, it always shows that there's something right here. And I don't know why that is. And they'll go, what do you have there? And I go, I have, I have uh, a leg. That's what I have. But I, it, it, I don't know if I have dense bone there or what the deal is, but for some reason, it always goes off. And so I, I love the opportunity. I love those times when I get TSA pre-checked because then I don't have to go through this, right? I just go through the metal scanner. I don't have to take my shoes off. I don't have to take my laptop out of my bag. And just before us in the line, there was this woman and she's going through and the, and the lady goes, ma'am, you don't have TSA pre-check. And she goes, excuse me? She says, ma'am, you don't have TSA pre-check. You have to go back to the normal line. And even the way that she said it, it was like this woman was some sort of interloper, right? Like she was some sort of hardened criminal. Oh, ma'am, you do not have TSA pre-check. You have to go back there in the normal line. You're not among the special people that to go, get to go through the special line because you, you don't have TSA pre-check and you, you, uh, you certainly don't have clear. You have to go over there. But all access, right? The fact that you can walk confidently into any and all areas well, that's what, that's what the high writer in Hebrews is saying here. He's saying to these folks, these, these Jewish believers, he's saying, you grew up in a world knowing that, this, that, this, that, that the temple of the Lord was this special place, this powerful place, but also this somewhat imposing place. And yes, everybody could come to the temple. Some could go into the temple. But only the very special, the chosen, could go into the most holy place or the holy of holies. And then, only at the appointed time. And here, here's, what, here's what the writer of Hebrews tells us. See, through the work of Jesus Christ, through what he did at Calvary, God has given us an all-access pass to everything that the kingdom holds. And God has given us an all-access pass to his presence. Now, for those of us that have grown up in Christianity, we get that and we take that for granted. Which, let me say this, that is somewhat unfortunate. Because when we take it for granted, when we, when we operate from this disposition of entitlement, it would be so easy for us to fail to recognize how significant, how amazing, how profoundly special that is. But God has given us the keys to the kingdom, and he allows us to have this availability. And that's, that's the payoff of hope. Look at what it says here in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 10. 
It says, it says this, and I, I started this uh, uh, moment ago. Let me, let me finish the whole portion of scripture. It says, therefore, brothers, or therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way made available to us through the curtain, that is, that is the, the body of Jesus Christ, right? The work of Jesus Christ. And since we have a great priest over, over, over God's place and over, over God's people, over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. We can draw near to God. We can draw close to God. We do not have to worry about how God will view us. But we can come to God confidently. We can come to God expectantly. We can come to God with anticipation. See, I don't have to convince God to help me. I don't, I don't have to somehow pretend that I'm something that I'm not in front of God. I, I can step confidently into his presence. Why? Because I've got this all-access pass. We, uh, as I mentioned, we spent... Thanksgiving at my, at my in-laws. And, um, and sometimes you will go over to someone's house and they will say to you, uh, make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. Now that means different things to different people, doesn't it? Right? Make yourself at home. You can sit wherever you want. Make yourself at home. Now, have you ever had someone come over to your house and they, they pushed that a little bit further than what you were comfortable with? <laughs> Make yourself at home. They start taking off their socks. Right? You're, oh, wait, 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 wait. Right? They go into the kitchen. I think I'm going to make myself an omelet. Really? What? Seriously? Right? So sometimes make yourself at home, it really does mean make yourself at home, and sometimes not so much, All right? Listen, you know that you feel like you're at home when you're comfortable opening up the refrigerator and taking out anything that's inside without reprimand. True? That's kind of a telltale sign. That, that, that comfort, that, that peace, right? When you know that you have that all-access, that's in stark contrast to go to a relative's house, go to a friend's house, and they say, make yourself at home. And you open up the refrigerator and you go, I want that, but I don't know if, that, if I can have that if I, or if I can't have it. Right? I, I, can I offer you this? I, in my, in my parents' house, I can't feel completely at home. I can't completely make myself at home because I don't know for sure if I can take whatever I want out of the refrigerator. But here's what the writer to Hebrews says. It says this, that everything, everything, everything in the kingdom is made available to us. Right? It, it, it tells us this. He says, listen, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled 
to cleanse us from our guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us, let us hold unswervingly. I love that statement. Let us hold unswervingly to the faith that we possess because he who promised is faithful. See, we can live with this unshakable confidence and we can live with this unshakable confidence. I don't know why this, why wind is wreaking havoc on my Bible this morning, okay? We can live with an unshakable confidence because we have an undefeatable advocate. That's what it tells us. It tells us this, that, 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 that we have access to the most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And it tells us that we have access to the most holy place and we have the ability to go through the curtain. And the curtain was this massive divide that kept ordinary people from God's presence. And history records that when Jesus died on the cross, that the physical curtain in the temple in Jerusalem, and once and for all, that spiritual curtain that divided man and God, that Jesus, in, 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 in purchasing our redemption on the cross, Jesus paying the price by dying on Calvary's cruel, cruel cross, that he once and for all, that he split that curtain in two. And, and here's what I love about what it says there. It says that we have, have, we have access into the holy pa- place through a new and living way. Okay? And so what it speaks about is it speaks about the fact that, that the way that God provides is complete and the way that God provides is eternal. It's ongoing. It doesn't change. And so we can do this. We can hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess because he who has promised is faithful. But, but here's the Here's the big thing, and here's what, I, here's what I want you to get this morning, and I believe that this is powerfully important. What, what a living hope does is it frees us. And, and that freedom, it should change our disposition. One of the things that I marvel about, and I mention it here from time to time, I marvel at the fact that we live in a society that seems to be increasingly frustrated. We live in a society that seems increasingly disconnected, and we live in a society that is increasingly angry. And it's amazing to me that the church isn't much different than the world, right? That, that we're quick to become angry. We're, we're quick to become frustrated. We're quick to become irritated. We're quick to become offended. And a lot of that, it's because this underlying anxiety that we have. Right? We're, we're convinced that somehow we're not good enough. Or we're, we're convinced that somehow if they found out really what we, what we really are, that this access that God makes available through Jesus Christ, would be taken away from us. Or maybe because of our spiritual journey, we, we even doubt that that's what, what God really does, even though Scripture makes it very clear. And so, 
if we're not careful, it's real easy to live in confusion, and that confusion can fuel frustration. And in that confusion, and in that frustration, and in that anger, it's very easy to become self-centered and self-focused. Really, isn't that what most of our frustration and most of our anger is about anyway? Typically, when we're angry, it's not righteous indignation over a wrong that's been done to someone else, right? Typically, when we're angry, typically when we're frustrated, it's when we feel like we somehow have been violated, right? That our rights have been violated, or that our privilege has been violated, or that our identity somehow has been violated, And that's what fuels our frustration. That's what fuels our irritation. That's what fuels our anger. And friends, that's not the identity that God wants you to have. It's not the life that he wants you to live. God wants you to live this life with a dispensation of joy. God wants you to live this life with a freedom that that is truly freeing. Right? And that scripture tells us that it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to walk in liberty. He wants us to walk in this wonderful living hope. And so let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we possess and the hope that we profess. Because he who has promised is faithful. So what has God promised? What is the hope that we have? Well, it goes back to the first of this series, right? The first of this series, when we looked at this issue of hope in Hebrews chapter 6, it says that, that we have this living hope as an anchor for our soul. God's vows and his promises. God's vows, what he says about himself. God's promises, what he speaks over you. And in that Bible that you hold in your hand or that you look at on your electronic device, there are over 7,000 promises in there. And God keeps every last one of them. He keeps every last one of them. And so you can walk in that and you can be confident in that. Well, pastor, I prayed for and God didn't. I think sometimes we can get confused about the promises because we'll look at half of a promise and we don't understand why God's not keeping half of a, why God's not keeping half of a promise and God says, no, I keep the whole promise to you. Right? And what's God's whole promise to you? God's whole promise to you is this, is that all things in your life will work together for good. That he will order your steps That you have an eternal destiny. That he's working all things together for your good. That he's able to keep you from falling. that's That's his ultimate promise to you. And you can walk with this confidence. You can walk with this hope. And what that does is it frees us from a posture of selfishness. And it allows us to live a life that is joy-centered and also that adds value to others. It's interesting to me that the writer to Hebrews says, therefore, since we have this confidence, 
right? Since we can, since we can live this life knowing that our heart is cleansed, knowing that our body is cleansed, knowing that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God separates our sins from us. And all of the promises that God has made to us, we can trust in that. And so we can hold unswervingly to that hope. Then he goes on then to say, let's talk about how your horizontal relationships are influenced. Right? Because the very next thing it tells us is this. It says, and let us consider how to spur one another on toward loving good deeds. Oh, I love that. I think that's, that's a pro- profound nugget in Scripture. See, God's given me all access, but God's given me all access to his entire kingdom. God's given you all access, and he's given you all access to his kingdom, and not just for you, right? So, he, so the, the Bible says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? And so you have this availability of spiritual gifts, but those spiritual gifts, they're not just for you. Now, they are for you, but they're not just for you. I, 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 I tell people this, that, listen, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are not just for you, and they're not simply to amuse friends at parties. Right? God's given them to where we can do this thing, and, and we, can, we can walk this journey, and we can live this life, and do it together. Since we have this confidence, I want you to notice what it says. It doesn't say, since I have this confidence, or since you have this confidence, let you. The writer to Hebrews says this, since we have this confidence, let us. Let us, let us, let us, let us, let us. Right? Let us hold unswervingly to the faith that we, pro- we, 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 we profess. Let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up the habit of gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, but instead let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. I've had... I've had few moments in my life, few opportunities where I've been given an all-access pass. And my favorite part of having an all-access pass, Peter, is to do this. It's to go, hey, hey, come on. No, seriously, you can come with me. Right? I love that. It's, it's, it's one thing to be able to go behind the scenes. You know, it's one thing to be able to, to, be able to go free, freely wherever you want. Oh, it's, 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 it's all the more cool to be able to take somebody else with you. Right? Come on, I, I, want, you to, I want you to go back to the green room with me. I, I, I want to introduce you to some folks. Come on, I want to take you and I want you to see how things are made. Had the opportunity at, I've had some, a few experiences in my life to see how things were made. I had the opportunity to see how, how paper was made. That's pretty fascinating. Um, had the opportunity uh, to see how, how bologna and hot dogs were made uh, at the Oscar Meyer factory in Davenport, Iowa. That was not nearly as exciting. 
downright frightening. We mentioned Tim and Marie Cook. Tim is inviting me to, to go. He wants to take me through uh, his factory and see how boats were made. And I'm, I'm pretty ex- excited about doing that. I, I, I love the opportunity to see things behind the scenes. And here's what God says. He says, everything about me, everything about the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom, I give to you. What do you want to know about me, God says. It's all available to you. What do you want to know about my plan? It's all available to you. What do you want to know about the kingdom? It's all available to you. You have access to the most holy place. And it is a perpetual and a living access. So in that, you don't have to live your life in anxiety. You don't have to live your life in fear. You don't have to live your life in frustration. You don't have to live your life in anger. Instead, what you can do is this is you can live your life with a confident expectation. Right? Therefore, since we have confidence, let us. Therefore, since we have confidence, let us. Therefore, since we have confidence, let us. I want to I want to challenge you to live your life with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. To live your life with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. God's got you. And so it's okay for your heart to be tender. It's okay for your heart to be open to him. You can trust in him totally and completely. You can, you can hold unswervingly to this faith. And in that freedom, you can be a help and a blessing to others in the journey. Right? Let us consider how we can spur others toward love. As I was spending some time in prayer this week in preparation of this message, I, I, um, I camped on that scripture for a little bit. Let us consider how we can spur others toward love and good deeds. And my, my prayer was this, God, not, not, in my, not in my capacity as a pastor so much. I, I, wa- I want it to go beyond that. I, I want it to be core to who I am. So God, as a, as a neighbor, let my posture be such that it spurs the people around me toward love. And, 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 and to do good things. God, as a, as, a, as, a, as a citizen of my community, let, let, let what I do, let it, let it spur people towards love and good deeds. As a, as a part of a church family, 
Let me, let me spur one of the people around me towards love and good deeds. Let, let my life be such that if you're not engaged in love and good deeds, it becomes uncomfortable to you. Right? That I have that kind of influence in your life, that I have that kind of influence in your day, that to not love would be uncomfortable to you, to not be engaged in good deeds would be uncomfortable to you. I want to be that kind of person. And I don't know about you, but I want to be around that kind of people. I said, God, let, let that be the hallmark, not just of my life, but let that be the hallmark of the, of the church that I connect with. A big prayer of mine right now and a big, a big push for me individually at core level and the challenge that I'm giving to the leadership at our church is this, is that we have to move from, a, from an event-based church experience to genuinely being connected and doing life together. You've heard me talk about this issue of groups, right? And you've heard me say, I want you to pray about, because I believe that there are many people in this room that, that God wants you to host a group, that God wants you to lead a group. And, and, and we're going to have groups that are going to look a lot of different ways. Some of them are going to be Bible study based. Some of them are going to be totally fellowship based, just hanging out with one another based. Some of them are going to be activity based, Right? So, you know, we'll, 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 you know, I'm sure that somewhere in the room there's a cribbage small group that's just waiting to happen. And uh, for all of you people that are big fans of cribbage and um, for the people here that know what cribbage is. So, in, but God wants us, to, he wants us to, to, to do this life together, right? And he wants us to be engaged in such a way that we're able to spur one another towards love and good deeds. You know what I know about the idea of a spur? A spur, the only way it works is through contact. The only way that it works is up close. So I can't spur you towards loving good deeds if I don't have connection with you. If I don't do, if I don't do life up close. And that's God's plan. That's God's plan for his body. And so we can't neglect the habit of meeting together. I think that that scripture means more than 1030 on a Sunday morning. In fact, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that one of the keys to you having a greater connection to hope and a greater reservoir of hope in your life is in, in those, those words that are found five times in Hebrews chapter 10, let us. See, God's redeemed you. God set you free. He's given you access to all the resources of heaven. But those resources work best in the context of let us. 
Let us together hold on unswervingly to the hope that you've given us, O God. Let us together consider how we may encourage, challenge, spur one another toward love and good works. Let us together not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but instead let us encourage one another. And even all the more as we see the day approaching. We have this hope. And the hope that God has given us is the result of the gift that he makes available to us. And that gift frees us from the bondage of sin and it gives us access to the entirety of the kingdom. And not just for us, but for as many people as we want to bring with us. I want to invite you to come with me. Because I'm convinced that this all access thing is pretty key. And you know what? There's room not just for you. There's room for your friends too. And your family, your coworkers, your loved ones. People you like and maybe some people you don't like. We have this hope. We have this hope. And what is that hope in? It's a confidence that comes because we have a God who has redeemed us and who wonderfully positions us to live life well together. Therefore, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way made available through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith, live this life of connection. Right? Our, our hearts have been sprinkled, sprinkled to remove the guilty conscience. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. We stand blameless so we can hold unswervingly to the faith that we profess because he who promised is faithful. So we should consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't become neglectful in this whole thing of community. But instead, we should connect well together 
And all the more so when we, when we see the condition of the world around us. Friends, I think that's great news. And that's God's challenge to you today. And that's what hope brings. So God, I, I pray, I pray this morning, I pray first for those who come today and they come into your house with more questions than answers. And they lack the confidence that the writer to Hebrews talks about there in Hebrews chapter 10. I pray, God, that this would be the moment, that this would be the defining moment in their life where they move from confusion to confidence, where they move from questions to faith. And God, I recognize today that, that not all of their questions have been, been answered, but God, I, I trust that with what you've done today and how you're even speaking to them now through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that enough questions have been answered that they can begin this journey with you to say, God, I acknowledge that you are real. I acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge this, this thing that Jesus did on the cross and that my life doesn't work without you in it. So God, I, I ask you to step into my life today and not just to step into my life, but I, but I ask you to, to become the ruler of my life today, that, that you would become my guide. God, I, I pray just all over this room, God, that you would, that you would give the person that would classify themselves as a skeptic or maybe a, a seeker, God, that, that you would give them the heart to make that decision this morning to say, okay, God, I, I'm going to begin this journey with you. God, for, for those of us that are here today and, and we walk into your house and, and, and we would classify ourselves as Christ followers, but our life isn't spent in confidence. In fact, we live a life riddled with anxiety. Our, our life would not be described as holding unswervingly to our faith. In fact, we, we, tend, to, we tend to swing from, from one extreme to the other. That it could not be said of us, God, that we, that we live in such a way that it, that it strongly encourages people towards love. Love of you and, 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 and love of, 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 of the people around them. And God, we recognize that part of that is because of our disconnected nature. Some of us, we, we even we come here every Sunday morning and yet we're still profoundly disconnected. It's, it's an event for us rather than a connection to a family and a community. And God, today you've brought us here to say, now is the time to move into a genuine faith experience with you and, 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 and an enriching relationship with the people around us. I recognize, oh God, that there are some here today that
that they've tried that, that path of relationship with the people around them before. Uh, and and they've, got, they've gotten hurt. They've gotten burned pretty bad. God, I thank you that even now that you're confirming to them that you're with a safe group in a safe place. And that you're giving them the courage to open up their life and to open up their heart once again. Because you want them to experience the payoff of hope. I thank you for that. Commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.